The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. This is Reverend Jackie, and I'm so excited for the show today. I have three extraordinary women on the line, and uh, we are going to be talking about teens in the COVID-19 crisis. As many of you know who know me or have been listening to the show, I have two teenage daughters living in my house, and uh, they are freshmen and junior in high school. And, you know, it just stays heavy on my mind of what, you know, wondering what it must be like to be that age, thinking about the future and seeing the world change so drastically right in front of me. And so while we've been having conversations in my home, you know, I'm reaching out for help from the professionals of how I might manage those conversations. And I'm thinking there are lots of other people in the world today with the same kinds of questions and ponderings on their hearts and minds. So we've got a round table of uh, Diane Vanzera from Unity Worldwide Ministries, Bridget Gardner, who is a licensed clinical social worker and mental health consultant, and then my daughter, Josephine Lenati, age 17, who is having the lived experience of being a teen in the COVID-19 crisis. So welcome to the show, ladies. Um, Diane, let's start with you. I want you to go ahead and say hello. Hello, everyone. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you, Diane, for answering this sort of last-minute call to be on the show. Um, Diane is a certified spiritual educator and ordained by Unity, and is uh, so of course she's a minister and focuses on e-learning, which is you know all the rage right now. Everybody is being forced to go to electronic platforms for. Um, for learning. And uh, she also um, offers support for the youth and family ministries. Um, she has a master in education and instructional design and technology. And as the e-learning technologist, she oversees Unity Worldwide Ministries training and webinar programs, which are just all the rage right now. Um, you've, I know you've had to step up your programming and offerings like almost daily. Is that right? Yes. And we've been looking at how to support ministries just in getting their word out, staying connected to their their participants. And you know, it's interesting, we had been doing some YOU Uniteen um, trainings and had been in the process of gathering a team to look at how to create virtual YOU. So um, all of it's very timely. It's, yeah, all those things that we've sort of been looking into of how we might move to distance experience, we've all been sort of catapulted into it. Um, so as the Youth and Family Ministry Coordinator for UWM, um, Diane provides support and guidance to Unity Ministries, encouraging the development of thriving YFM programs and also oversees the international YOU, uh, that's Youth of Unity event, um, which happens at Unity Village. And I know there's a big question, is it happening this year? Right now, it's still happening. It's scheduled okay. for, I think, the second week in July. So we've decided to just keep it on the books right now. We're keeping an eye on all the you know, national recommendations. And we feel, felt like we needed to gather a bit more information. So currently, it's on. We've just extended our registration deadline 
to May 31st, postmarked by May 31st, with no um, penalty in price. So the price will not go up. And then if something occurs where we do need to cancel the on-site event, we'll issue a free refund. But right now we're hoping to go forward with it. Awesome. That's really good to hear. Okay, so then we have Bridgen Gardner. Welcome to the show, Bridgen. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much for saying yes, also at the very last minute. So Bridgen is a licensed clinical social worker and registered play therapist supervisor. She has worked with children, teens, and families in the Kansas City area for 20 years, so she knows something. And as a school social worker in Kansas and Missouri, also is the Director of Clinical and Social Services at Operation Breakthrough, which is a place near and dear to my heart. And now she sees clients in private practice in Overland Park. Bridgen is a published author and frequent speaker and also provides clinical supervision, consultation, and training for mental health professionals. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Josie, and, and I, all of you for being here. I think this is such an important um, time to talk about what's going on in the lives of the kids that we're living with. And um, I'm just glad that you have brought this, brought this up to be a part of what we talk about today. Awesome. Thank you for joining the conversation. And last but not least, drum roll, please. My daughter, Josephine Lenati, she goes by Josie or Jojo at home. And she is a junior in high school, 17 years old. And she is an actress and an artist. And she's also a leader in her YOU chapter at Unity of Kansas City North and has you know grown up in Unity. And so I'm bringing her to the table because she is having this lived experience of being a teen in the COVID-19 crisis. And I just just think it's really important to hear uh, that voice and not that she knows what every single teen is thinking but she is certainly representative and has lots of conversations with her friends right now so welcome to the show Josie. Hi thank you for having me. Of course thank you for saying yes so you know I'm just very curious let's just get right into it with you Josie and talk to me about what's on your mind um Describe what changes have happened in your life uh, over the last couple of weeks uh, because of this crisis and, and what you're, what you make of it. It's, I feel like overall it's very different in comparison to how other generations are feeling it. Um, right now, all I see about COVID-19 is I see memes. Um, I can go on social media and all I see is people usually um, joking about it or making fun of it. But then there's also those more serious posts about I have people who will complain like, you shouldn't be going outside. Um, quarantine is hitting people very differently. Um, for me, it's awful. I hate it. I am an extrovert. So I like to um, go out of the house all the time. Uh, but that is not really an option as of right now. So the way that I am personally coping with it, and a lot of people my age are, is we turn to video games and we turn to FaceTime and Skype calls and um, Discord even to hang out. And that's how we get along. Like, um, And in a weird sense, it's also a way for um, my generation to start reaching out. Um, we've started... Like, you'll start reaching out to people, like, on Snapchat and be like, hey, I know we normally don't talk, but do you want to play um, Minecraft or do you want to play some Mortal Kombat? Um, so I've been talking to people that I normally wouldn't in a weird sense. So in a weird way, we're also getting a chance to reach out to new people, but it's also a chance to 
see kind of who your real friends are because you also notice a lot of people kind of start ghosting you and um, different things like that. But we're in quarantine and most people are actually not really that busy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's really interesting to note that how those relationships shift and change. You know, I've got I've just got to say on Facebook, I posted this morning about this show. And of course, people are just responding with so much love for this topic. And Terry Wilder, who's listening, and she's a wonderful friend of the show is I'm saying thank you to each of you for being here and wondering what stories your generation, Josie, will be telling about this and and what this time is like. And so you're talking about, you know, turning to video games and how your social circles are shifting. And what we should note, because you kind of described it a little bit that, you know, different from in my day when you were playing video games with your friends, you all had to be in the same room. You guys can all get together and you can talk. Like I hear your friends talking um, when you're playing video games from from their homes, you know, because you're on, you've either got your headphones on or you've got your um, phone next to you and you're all on FaceTime, right? as you're playing the game. So describe that a little bit. Yeah. So I was actually going to bring that up next is um, going forward. um, A lot of people have brought up the point that this is the first like major world changing event that my generation has gone through. You know, you had 9-11 and different things like that right before it. But um, from about um, nine. 20 and downward, I mean, this is like the first um, world-changing experience that we've gone through together. Um, So a lot of people are very sad for us in that regard. Um, And it will definitely be something that we know that, you know, our children are going to ask us or other younger generations are going to be asking us about this later in life. Um, And I think it will be really interesting to hear some people's replies, because I know some people will just show them the memes that we were looking at during this time. I know some people will talk (laughs) about, um, I know some people will talk about um, how awful it was to sit in quarantine. I know some people will also have um, the more heartbreaking stories with, um, you know, family and friends who have been infected um, and even maybe passed away. So it's, it's different for everyone in that regard. And I think that's why it would be so interesting to hear um, what we'd have to say about it. But I mean, it's hard to say as of right now because we don't know how bad it's going to get. Yeah. that, And I think that's heavy on everyone's mind is we don't really know how bad it's going to get. And, and, and when that worst point will hit the peak or, you know, um, of it will hit in different communities at different times, but there's still like this question of when and, and it's a moving projection because it's dependent upon each community's ability and commitment to staying, you know, sheltering in place and being quarantined. So Bridgen, um, why don't you jump in here and, you know, kind of reflect on some of Josie's comments and, um, and what you're seeing in the work that you're doing. Well, Josie, I really appreciated the comment that you said that we're going through this together um, because this is this experience is such an event that is really demonstrating how interconnected we all are um, around the world. And so I um, at this time, I do I'm doing telehealth with um, several of my teen clients and uh, the experience is really different for each kid. Um, some of my kids, you know, and it depends on the week, the first week that it hit. And I'd be interested in what, uh, Josie has to say about this. 
there was just this, um, is this really happening? Kind of really this unreal, like this is not happening to us kind of denial. Um, and then the next week, some kids were just, you know, face, you know, FaceTiming, but were talking to me like under the covers in bed, totally like the bottom came out when they you know, really understood what social isolation and social distancing meant to them. Um, and so I'm curious to Josie, if she's kind of felt things go in waves for her or for her friends. Um, definitely. I would say that for me, yeah, that first week was totally like a hole in denial. I think that's when um, like you would see the most memes and you would see the most people complain like, oh, it's not even that big of a deal. Um, and then now it's this, wow, we are really um, in it. Even I, the first whole week was still trying to hang out with friends because I had a bad feeling. Like I was like, this is going to get bad. I, I need to see someone. Um, but even by then, I still had friends whose parents were like, uh, no, you cannot go, you cannot go hang out with Josie. So um, it was just, it's been really interesting. And some people have been, you know, not obeying the quarantine um, or the lockdowns in their cities, and they'll still go hang out with people. Um, luckily, there's um, in a very, you know, kind of rude way, a lot of people will kind of get bullied for doing that or get called out on their social medias and stuff for going to hang out with people. And in a, in a weird way, that's a good way of getting them to stop doing that. Um, I don't promote bullying, but being able to call someone out and be like, Hey, you're not being safe for our community. Um, I think is really important. And I think a lot of people are also finding their voice in that sense. It is a lot easier to, um, be more front, um, front forward on social media. So I think a lot of kids are also strangely finding their voices in that sense. Wow. That's interesting. And I appreciate how much, you know, it sounds like you're trying, like everybody's trying to make room for other people's experience in this because we're all living it differently and we're all seeing it through what our perspective or what our context is and what our families are doing. And so, um, it is interesting because my, my kids, my clients have been talking about kind of that calling it out. And I appreciate um, that people are stepping into their voice. They are finding a way um, to communicate their beliefs and their experiences in this. Oh, I love how you're contextualizing that as, you know, because that is with that, that social media voice, you know, that we all have an opportunity to use. Um, and I think for our young people, they are finding they're in that process of finding their voice and using it all at the same time. <laughs> and so to be able to use it in a way that uh, demonstrates their beliefs is uh, really critical. And, and for Josie to be able to see how those beliefs shift over, you know, right now, because I think we're all shifting, right? Um, week by week and sometimes day by day, you know, we did like we were going to um, a, a large park and um, inviting some of her friends to meet us there because we could practice the social distancing. And this was a few weeks ago. And, and like she's saying, there were parents who were like, nope, you know, so then I'm like, well, should we even be going to the park? You know, so there's like this question of like, what, what decisions should we be making? And I can say even like in our home, um, that first week, it, everyone was just a little stunned. And, 
you know, it's uh, the first couple of days. It's not much different than a snow day where you've just got extra days where everyone's staying at home. Um, my work really took off cause I work in communications. So, you know, our workload immediately amplified. And, um, so by the end of that first week, it started getting very stressful in the home and with five people home all the time and the amount of dishes that are piling up, um, the laundry, all of these things. So we had, we had a family meeting to like assess, like, how can we nurture ourselves in our home space? How can we take care of our home space in a different way, um, without everyone getting stressed out? Um, so, and even just after that meeting, before any of the agreements that we came to were practiced, just the energy shifted. It just seemed lighter. It seemed easier to breathe. It, uh, there was like the sense of togetherness that even though we were physically together, um, there was now an emotional connection that added to that. So I don't know if you're talking to your clients about anything like that, Bridgen, um, but I'm curious what you're hearing. Well, I'm definitely, um, you know, having conversations with parents and those stressors that you mentioned, you know, yeah, it was like a snow day and now it's like a marathon snow day that's never ending and we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And so it's, it's great that you guys recognize, like, we need to push pause. We need to sit down and um, kind of talk about what's happening in our house and in our world and how are we going to take care of ourselves and each other as we walk through this. Um, and you've got older kids, so that's, you know, easier to do. I, you know, I work with some families that have like four-year-old triplets. Oh, well, there's, there's a toddler in the house too. So okay. we've got a, a three okay. and a half year old. Yeah. And so there's that element, that wild yeah. card, we'll call it. Right. The wild card. No, I mean, it's, it is interesting to see, um, because families are getting stressed in different ways. Like you said, dishes are piling up. Um, we're all in one space and we're all trying to do our work. Um, and how families are dividing up workloads and how they're finding space for their kids, but finding time to press the pause button and check out where we all are because everyone's in a different place right now. Um, I have some kids who, you know, their parents have done a great job helping regulate and regulate their own response to this because there is so much uncertainty and vulnerability right now in our world. And kids, take a cue from their parents on how their parent is responding to the news, the experience, um, how elevated and how anxious is their parent because kids feed off of that and kind of read the cues. So when parents take a second to push pause and kind of breathe um, and recognize, okay, this is anxiety, this is fear, this is uncertainty, and kind of make a little bit of room for that and in the space, like, okay, this is what I'm having. This is what this is. And this isn't a good time to go into, um, you know, finding out how my kid is doing with online school. So parents are taking time to kind of check themselves and get into a better place before they're going into hard conversations or stressful conversations about roles and responsibility or schoolwork. Um, so I appreciate that you guys have kind of, you know, paused to make, to make a list of how do we do this together? Yeah, that seemed really important. What was your takeaway from that, Josie, from that experience? Yeah, I was just about to talk about how, um, yeah, bringing up the online school, I think when it hit hardest for all the kids my age is when school was announced that it was out for the year. Because 
most of us did not even get a chance to come back and to get certain things from the school, say goodbye to our teachers. I know that was really hard um, for me um, and a lot of other kids my age. That, I believe, was one of the most stressful. And that was kind of when we all realized just how serious it was. And now the switch into online school, which I know not everywhere is doing this. Um, my school is, they're doing it in a very nice way to where our grades that we have right now cannot go down. So any, any assignments that we do from now on can only increase our grade, which means we don't have to necessarily participate in certain classes. So I have a couple classes I have, you know, a 96% in. So I'm not gonna worry about those. I'll still check in just to say hi or to see what kind of things we're learning, but I don't have to worry about those classes, which is really nice because a lot of kids in my school nece don't necessarily have access to um, internet at home. So there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of figuring new things out. A lot of teachers are struggling with trying to use Zoom or WebEx, which one's better, um, how to assign certain assignments. Um, certain classes even in general will struggle with what to do like what are you supposed to do online for a choir class or a band class so that stress in it of itself i think is something that hits a lot of us teenagers hard and being and being able to recognize that and being able to talk about that during a family meeting or um, have the parents reflect on that in that sense i think is very important and josie this is bridget you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, you guys are grieving. You guys that are in your junior and senior year, you are missing out on some, some, a loss of these, you know, these large scale losses. Oh these events, yeah, these definitely. Memories. And yeah, I mean, like prom. Yeah. Like just all these things. So that's grief. That's grief and loss. And like you said, not getting to say goodbye. Kids walked out and you didn't know it was the last day. You didn't know that was your, your, your last time to see these people. And some of these kids are going to go away to go to college and you might not see them again. So it is large scale loss that is, that wasn't really conceivable. You just, no one could wrap their brain around how big this was going to be. No one. I mean, exactly. that's, yeah. we're like, yeah, we are like that. That's cross generational, right? It's not. And so which is, um, to me, as a mother, you know, puts the extra strain on because I know that, you know, the teenagers, you know, are having their own experience at their developmental stage and the toddler is having her own experience at her developmental stage and the grownups in the house, <laughs> we're having our own experience at our developmental stage. And it's like, you know, on top of like adjusting to a school and adjusting to work and just what the home life is, there's also just that, that internal piece that we each experience at our own levels. So Diane, let's bring you into the conversation a bit um, from that, that spiritual aspect yes. and, and how we're, we're experiencing that. Well, I appreciate the conversation that we've had so far and you know, with the, the loss and the and the grief and the trauma of our regional events and our possibly our national event not happening, you know, it's it's a similar feeling where 
the, the events are so important to the teens because it's their time to come together across regions, across country, to see people that they might only see once or twice a year. And to now, especially at this time of year with graduations looming and moving out of YOU, that those endings or those final uh, celebrations, it's questionable about whether they're going to be able to happen. I know some regions are looking at doing something virtual it's not the same, um, but you know there is that loss and grief in there. That's why, if there's any way possible for us to keep the IYOU event on site, we're going to be able, we're going to do that. Um, so uh, yeah, just yeah, it's, it's got to be tough not having those celebrations in person and not having that opportunity to say goodbye or good luck or whatever you want to share. Well, and the, I mean, to really give people who haven't witnessed or experienced the YOU um, uh, rallies and such, and, and Josie, you can speak to this. I mean, they are so bonded yes. and, you know, and there's like dog piles, you know, just teenagers mm-hmm. all over each other. And I don't, not in a weird way, but just mm-hmm. they, they just really um, create an intimacy and friendships that I've seen carry on through adulthood, you know, and, and lifelong friends from all over the country. And that's one thing they talk about is that, you know, as they all grow up and go out into the world, they have friends all over because of their experiences in YOU and those, you know, um, the kind of activities that they do, the, you know, spiritually based and, um, it, it just creates those bonds. Right. Right. Yeah, I just wanted, like, every time you've brought up that you're going to, um, we're going to still have our big rally, I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> um, I mean, at least for right now, because it is definitely one of my most favorite events that we do. Um, and I'm lucky enough that my personal YOU from my church, we are now moved into an online thing, and we have um, this like meditation boards where we all can do a meditation once, and we have a group chat, and we check up on each other and um, we write prayers and just keep in touch with each other during this time. And I think that's so important. Um, And just, I hope other YOUs are doing that. Um, And if yours isn't, and you're listening to this, convince them to do so (laughs) because it's very, um, it is very nice to have that kind of also that little space within your friends um, from YOU to do that. Oh, and that's our music that's going to cue us to our break. So uh, we're going to pause right here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about um, spiritual and um, emotional, psychological tools that we can all use, and especially for our teens, um, as we experience and endure through this pandemic. We'll be right back. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. This is Reverend Jackie, and we are back with Bridget Gardner, Diane Vinzera, and Josie Lenati. Bridget, you were just saying right before we came back, um, will you repeat that, what you were saying about the muscle? Yeah, I, I was doing some reading, and it talks about humans and how we really don't have 
a muscle for tolerating uncertainty. And so this is kind of like our time to go to the gym and like build up that muscle of, of how do we deal in these uncertain times um, with each other and with ourselves. I love that because yeah, really. And like Josie was saying, you know, her generation hasn't experienced anything um, this, this big. And, but I'm thinking back through my lifetime and, you know, nine 11, you know, I can think of like when the challenger, you know, space shuttle blew up and just different, like different major points like that. And my mom might talk about um, assassinations of, you know, Robert Kennedy of Martin Luther King, things like that. But, um, this that unknown peace and that uncertainty um you know and i think that's why we see like some of the memes where people are hearkening it to like wartime like world war ii and and that and maybe even at vietnam this sort of the long the marathon like you said earlier of uncertainty we and have a know, caller perspective is oh. go ahead oh i was just going to say perspective is based on time and experience and so, like you said, your generation, our generation is different than what's going on with kids. And so making room to just honor like that we are each showing up and experiencing this differently. Yes, with our own perspective. I love that. We have a caller, so I'd like to bring our caller on. Valerie, are you there? I am. Oh, I am? Yes. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um I was just, um, I'm a teacher and I um, have loved keeping up with some of my students on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, all of those different things. But I am looking at a way of engaging in a, <laughs> that would be fun for them that they would actually be interested in. Um, like, I feel like they're kind of um, overwhelmed with Zoom calls and school and and uh, and stuff like that. Um, so I'm wondering if Josie or anybody had ideas of way to engage them, like challenges or something that we could all commune in a way that would be positive, but they would want to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a great question. Thinking of something that they would want to do. Diane, let's start with you on that. I'll be Josie. I'm gonna give you a minute to think about it. Because you're in the business of creating experiences that that teens want to do. Um, yeah, challenging right now because it it all seems to be centered on either doing a Facebook Live experience where they can all participate, or going back to Zoom. Um, I did see something interesting. It might not be something that teens would be interested in, but a library in Pennsylvania created a. Um, I think it was based on Harry Potter. Uh, but it was an escape room activity that you could do as a group. Uh, so maybe we could search for other opportunities like that where you could actually be all logged in and, and doing the experience together. Um, but other than that, I've not um, come across a lot of different things um, other than like Zoom and Facebook Live. That Josie, what do you think? experience sounds cool. Um, honestly, um, the best type of things I find are things that don't feel like you have to do it. Um, one of the most daunting things about like online school is like, oh, you have to show up to this meeting at 10 AM. It's like, uh, I've been sleeping until noon. Do I want to get up to do that? Um, so honestly, it's the littler things that I think make a bigger p impact. So just starting a group chat with 
um, all the people that you want to still connect with, starting a group chat. Um, you could set up a Zoom meeting or just something like that. Um, I mean, me personally, depending on what it is, of course, even setting up like an online gaming session would be really cool if everyone has like Minecraft or um, something easy along those lines. Um, also connecting over social media is a good idea. Um, you could start group chats on there or you could also like on Snapchat, they have this cool feature where you can do a shared story to where all of you can add pictures and funny things that are happening throughout your day on the same story. So you can look through it and see what everyone's posted that day. So there's just little things like that that um, I think work best because you know that people are still checking in and um, things like that. So that's my advice in terms of what to do in order to connect with teens my age. You know, another thing this is and Josie. Oh. Yes. Oh, this is Bridget. I was just going to say, um, and, and to the caller, like motivation right now, we all have lists of 20 things we could be doing at home. But with this, the, the underlying current of emotion, it is really hard to get motivated and stay motivated and kind uh, of honor yeah. that with our kids too. Like I know as an adult, I'm having a hard time hitting the hard stuff that, you know, I need to tackle. Um, yeah. But I appreciate, you know, the smaller the bites, probably the better it is for kids. I've also heard of some people uh, reaching out and saying, uh, create a Spotify playlist for quarantine life. Create, you know, every kid could add a song that is reflecting, you know, their experience right now. I've had a couple yes, of kids. Yes, that's also really good. I've had a couple of other kids that are, they're doing, um, the Netflix has a Chrome app where you can all watch a movie together. Um, oh. And that's pretty, that's pretty low levels of what you have to output, um, but everybody can show up for a movie. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I heard about that. And yeah, we've, um, I know at our office, we've created a virtual lunchroom also just where people can show up at a specific time and just eat lunch together, not have any heavy conversations, but it's an opportunity just to connect. Uh, those are all really great ideas. Thank you for that question, Val. Thank you very much. Wonderful listening. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for calling. Um, you know, and Bridget, I loved how you talked about like the sort of expectations of um, engaging in activity and that even as adults, like it's hard because of the emotional toll that this is taking. And, you know, Josie mentioned that, you know, she's sleeping till noon and that's not every day, but you know, my thinking is, you know, sleep helps the immune system. And, you know, she's always had a natural, um, you know, bend towards being a night owl. And so, like, she gets to, you know, sort of live her natural life rhythm. And, you know, and she's, she does a lot of art. And I'm like, you know, that inspired me to, like, for some of my meetings, I'll sit with my, you know, coloring book and I'll color. And, you know, so I'm trying to take cues of there where of course you know i i don't have the luxury as i might call it as someone else might not call it that but of sleeping till noon but being um able to allow everyone in the household to have their own rhythm you know the, the toddler would not stand for that <laughs> you know? so um so i just appreciate you bringing that to the table that um you know we're all we are all experiencing that emotional toll and in a different way you know, and I believe that we are, everybody is always, you know, showing up, you know, 
and they're doing their best. And right now in this time and age, our best is stressed. And when your best is stressed, it's just going to look differently. And it's, it's about kind of managing expectations versus lowering expectations, just like recognizing this is a hard time that none of us have walked through before and, and being kind to ourselves and the people around us um, as best we can. Yeah, it's like, and the, the toddler, like, kind of, she's like sort of the demonstrator, like, of the stress that everyone's feeling, you know? She like she gets to do it all completely out loud and unfiltered. And so it's a, but it's a good visual cue of like, okay, we, we all have that inner toddler and, and how can we create more kindness and compassion for each other as we're, you know, each navigating and sort of on our own timeline of, you know, fatigue or anxiety or fear or, you know, just frustration for, you know, that everything being so different. I mean, even going to the grocery store is a completely different experience than what is normal. Right. And I think it wouldn't be such a bad idea for everybody to kind of access that inner toddler, because I know I want to have a tantrum. I want this to be over. And I think if we can help our feelings like take shape, whether that's in art or just even saying them out loud or throwing an egg at a tree and saying, I hate coronavirus. I don't like social isolation. Like, you know, getting it out of us that. can help it start moving through us because what, you know, we have to, you know, in the therapy world, you have to feel it to heal it. And so we can't ignore what's happening in our bodies. And so like being a toddler and moving through it and verbally throwing that tantrum in a safe time and place is okay. I love it. I love that. Um, note to self. And, you know, it's Easter week, so I'm going to have some extra eggs on hand to throw at trees before I cook them. <laughs> I, I really like that. Um, you know, just being able to honor the inner toddler and, and let that sort of unfiltered um, expression um, just express, right? Um, Diane, what what do you have working? You know, you've talked about some things that you already had in place um, that are being able to really be animated and elevated now to support families uh, in this time and especially our youth. Um, what else do you have? Well, I think one of the fortunate things before all this happened is that we already had a system of communication and connection for why are you why are you youth ministry leaders? So for you know, as unity is divided into regions, there is a regional consultant for usually youth programming and then teen programming. And we chat and communicate on a regular basis. And then they in turn keep the connection alive with their ministries. So we were able to utilize that right at the beginning to come together and say, okay, what are people doing? Are they even paying attention to the youth programs? Because I know there was so much stress on just getting them the Sunday message out. Um, and it turns out that, you know, people are just stepping up to that. And so we've created a web page of YFM resources on our uh, unityworldwideministries.org website. And it lists just some different ideas of what people are doing. We went back and released um, IYRU family group materials. So those are all available for a download. They're back from the 90s and um, some of the older materials. So contain a lot of ideas that you could take and adapt. A program could take and adapt for, um, for their teens. And as I mentioned earlier, we were looking into how to do virtual YOU because we had so many programs that they were tiny, uh, maybe have one or two students. And so it was hard for them to do 
as much activity as they wanted. So we were looking at how do we connect the programs, not just say the city, but maybe a program on the East Coast with a program on the West Coast and how would that, what would that look like? So people are stepping up now to explore, you know, meeting, meeting through Zoom, meeting through um, Facebook Live for the most part. And what I'm hoping is that even after that we're all through this, that those virtual connections will will um, continue, and maybe the face of our chapters might look a little different. Not just those who gather in church on Sunday, but how do we gather and connect more people in a greater way? So we have the online resources. We have at least three of the regions that I know of that are. Um, it's the regional consultant who's leading experiences. Um, one, they're having their chapters take turns leading the virtual, I think it's through Zoom, leading the, the meeting or the experience and taking turns on the content and the meditation and what it looks like. There's another region in the Southwest who is using their indies, their leaders in the region to create different experiences and then sharing them with their uh, groups. And then in the Southeast, uh, the Uniteen consultant is offering experiences for middle school. And it was shared with me that one thing she did was a moving meditation where everyone, even though they're all in their own homes, was getting up and doing the same activity. So we're looking for more and more resources like that. And as I become aware of them, I'm posting them on the website so that there can be one place where people can go to find what they need. We also have churches that are doing specific um, uh, meetings or readings or groups. And so we just want to keep the connections alive and keep, you know, sharing what we know. We also have a connection space, the Unity Worldwide Ministries. And our topic for this Thursday, April 9th, from 1 to 2.30, is on grief and trauma. And one of our presenters works with teens. And so she's going to be talking a little bit about um, things we can do to help our teens and our congregations through this time period. And then we'll be doing a, um, a webinar on that same topic. That's not scheduled yet, but it'll be scheduled sometime soon. So, you know, we're just looking at how do we, what can we do now in this moment? What can we be developing that can, that can continue on and add to our programs in the future? I love it. That's just a wealth of resources and information available for everyone. And I love, I really stuck on that moving meditation so that people are doing the same activities at different times in different spaces, but there's still that sense of togetherness. Right. And I think, you know, that's probably one of our spiritual tools uh, that, you know, we use in unity is that meditation that mm -hmm. um, is, boy, is just a huge um a huge tool to have in the toolkit right now in order to manage the mind and body in this uh, experience. And so I'm curious, Bridgen, um, if you, you know, we're getting close to the end of the show, but if you want to talk about anxiety and the teenage brain, um, you know, because it's also, you know, on my mind that there are people of all ages who were already dealing with you know, some sort of mental challenge, mental health challenge. And, um, and so what does that look like in this, um, in this circumstance? And so what kind of tools are you giving people, your clients to use? Right. Well, you know, the, our human 
brains, we are wired to survive and we are wired to predict the worst because it's going to keep us safe and alive. Like that is part of our, our brainstem, that fight and flight. So there's a good part in that, but we also have a brain that exaggerates the danger and social media and the coverage contributes to that sense of danger. So the more we can like titrate or reduce what we're taking in, um, that's going to help reduce anxiety. Uh, and, you know, because now we have a visual connection to all of the other information coming in. So, you know, allowing our bodies and our brains to metabolize what's happening can take time. So just, you know, a little bit of dose, dosage, not a, the dose and frequency of what we're taking in matters right now. So less is better. Um, and also, you know, you mentioned your daughter's sleeping in. So some of the typical things that we would watch for with mental health concerns with kids is, you know, changes in eating and sleeping patterns, irritability and acting out. Um, but some kids' patterns, they're just shifting because of, you know, we have the flexibility to shift right now. So paying attention to those things, you know, what routines do, do families have in place for sleep and diet and, you know, finding that balance is important right now. But if you have kids who are really shifting patterns from, from where they were three weeks ago or three months ago, that's when you need to get in touch with a professional. People are doing telehealth right now, calling your, you know, your pediatric provider, um, finding ways to get your kids connection. And I, Diane kept saying the word connection over and over again, and we are human and we are built to connect and we need each other now more than ever. We need that connection with friends and family. We need it virtually. We need it physically. Um, so I am, if we're all quarantined in a house, like my homework for parents is hug your kid, hug your kid, kids. Oh, I love it for a hug because we all need that grounding. We need that physical connection um, because we're missing that. And um, so asking for the hug when you need it, giving that hug, even when it's unasked for, um, but making time to do that. Um, and, and that's a little typical with teenagers, right? Hugging even when they're not asking for it. <laughs> Right. So we're like, we can still do that. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and some families have, we've created a list at our house that um, you need to do something for your brain and body. You need to do something that's going to be helpful for our family and something that's helpful for the world each day. So pretty low expectations. And then we kind of made a menu about what, what can we do that's good for our brain and body? What can we do that's good and helpful to our family? and the world because it's bigger than us. Like this is, we are a, a small part of this bigger system. And it's so important to, to also recognize that we can do some things. We are in a time of uncertainty, but we do have the ability to do things. We can focus on what we can do, whether that's washing our hands, checking on a neighbor, um, and really getting families to anchor into the right now, because right now we are okay. There is a lot happening in our world but right now in this moment, we're all on a radio show talking. We are right now breathing. We are right now in community with each other and we're okay. Um, and, and recognizing that there are moments that are okay right now in a world that doesn't feel okay. I love that, that anchoring, like bring it to the present moment. Like what is true yeah. right now? And that can interrupt that that sort of monkey mind, right. That wants to go and, and prevent and protect from future danger. You know, like you're saying, right. our brains are wired to do that, but if we can just interrupt that taking a breath and in what's true right now. 
Ah, thank you for that. That's all really good stuff. So Josie, um, I want to bring you back in and and talk and can you talk to us about what what has been the most helpful thing that you've done for yourself during this time? Um, one of the best things that I've been doing is the way that I've been coping with not being able to see people or just having to be in this household is art. I've been, I have not drawn or painted this much since I was like seven in an art class. Um, I have been creating so much artwork and a lot of people my age have, like, that's one of the things I actually kind of like about right now is a lot of people are just making stuff they're making um, they're making art they're making things that make them happy because we don't really necessarily have anything else to do Um, I'm doing an art trade right now with my two best friends and um, being able to connect with people creatively like that is something that's really cool to see and you even see things like on um, on Facebook of like families singing duets together Um, And doing all these creative, really cool things um, to express, um, to express themselves and to kind of get over um, to try to cope with what's happening. And I think that's one of the things that's helped me most is all this um, overwhelming positivity in terms of um, in the terms of artwork, in the terms of expressing yourself through creativity. So that's one of the things that's helping me right now. And the memes, the memes the memes help too. Um, that collective but, humor, right? <laughs> yes, the collective humor. Um, and also just the online resources we have that I feel like a lot of us have taken for granted um, until now is also something that's really nice. Like, I don't know where I'd be right now if I didn't have Discord or if I didn't have an Xbox or if I didn't have FaceTime even. So there's just, it's the little things right now that are helping people get through it, helping me get through it. Um, And I just hope that everyone can take time to appreciate that and to express yourself with the art that you want to create. I love it. Those are really beautiful words, Josie. And it has been a joy for me to see the production of art that she has engaged because she's, you know, she has always been artistic and now she's really just taking it deeper. And, um, and I think, you know, that art has, has served that purpose, you know, for centuries from the beginning of time, I think since the, the first um, pigment went on a cave wall is that, that expression and that um, just, working through emotional experience and reflection upon life and love and uh, suffering, you know, pain and all of that. And so you don't have to be a skilled artist to do that and to really, um, that, and I think Bridget, you might even comment too, that there's a a brain aspect to that as well. And getting into that um, artistic side of the brain um, in terms of mental health. Absolutely. When you're, when you're using your, the art side of your brain, I mean, you're accessing different places. We're not, your thinking brain is that front brain where we're making decisions. But when you're in a, a, a meditative state, when you're really absorbed in an activity, um, not only are you accessing different places, but you're also activating like chemicals in your body, calm down chemicals and hormones that are helping you regulate better and expressing yourself. Like anytime you have an opportunity to put the out, put your insides out, um, 
that's helpful getting these feelings out and in whatever motor medium that you have available that feels good to you is a, is a great thing to do right now. Get the insides out. I love it. Well, we were are about at the end of our time together. So I just want to be sure and take a moment to thank each of you, Diane and Bridget and Josie for um, offering your hearts and your minds, your expertise um, to the listeners today. And I, I just know that there are parents who are taking notes and there are kids who are taking notes and maybe that we are just making the world today a little bit better and brighter for people. And um, even just hearing that we're all thinking and in this together, thinking about the same things and, and having the, some of the same experiences and, and challenges through it can often be just the thing someone needs to get through another day and, and maybe lift the spirit some. So I, I really am just speaking a blessing into the world right now and then through the content of this show. And I'm so excited that next week we'll have Faith Rivera on and she'll be connecting with us all the way from Hawaii. And she's got a new album coming out. Her music is much beloved in New Thought and um, she is a dear friend. And so she'll be joining us next week. And always I invite my listeners until next week to tune in and tune up in spirit. And so as we are continuing in sheltering in place in our own communities and in our own homes, I just ask everyone to tune in and tune up in spirit and to know that we can do that together in our digital spaces. And for that knowing and for that truth, I give thanks. And for the ways that people are are challenging themselves to engage in new digital ways, I give thanks and so much gratitude because I know that for many, that's also a stressor. And so I just lift everyone in hearts and minds and give so much thanks for joining us today. See you next week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.